before we get to today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at College Hockey Talk for all updates on college hockey and this podcast. Also, follow our Spotify account and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot. Make sure you also follow our new TikTok account at College Hockey Talk for clips from this podcast. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by freshman of the Clarkson women's hockey team, Nicole Gosling. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole, and thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now, my first question to you is this year's college hockey season was very difficult uh, for a variety of reasons. What were some of the challenges your team faced and how did you overcome some of those challenges? Um, well, with our league only having four teams, it was um, hard at the beginning because it was just like only us and Colgate playing. So just constantly playing the same team, like just kind of like it was a good battle, but you liked other opponents as well. And we've had a couple of quarantine periods that our school had to shut down our facilities. So just trying to like stay in shape during that time is hard when you don't have the proper equipment. So we just pushed through it, just stayed as a team. Like we knew that this year was going to be a bunch of uncertainties and could can't really like plan what's going to happen. So we just had to keep open-minded. Yeah, and playing the same team for 10 times, because I was checking out your schedule, you played Colgate 10 times. I guess, what's your preparation process when you're playing Colgate for like the eighth time? Like, do you just not, like just focus on your own systems or do you do any pre-scale before that game? Yeah, well, we always do pre-scale, but just like we really had to like focus on our team because we knew both teams knew each other very well. So we just had to bring our game, just try to make less mistakes in them and just see what would happen. Now, what is the positives, I guess, for playing uh, playing in a four-team league? Because obviously you guys know your tendencies well, so there's good battles. But is there any other positives that comes from playing four teams in the same league or three teams in the same league? Well, just like being easily familiar with that team. So like you're not like having to switch like different systems or like having to learn a whole new team each and every other weekend. So like just like being able to like play the same teams, I guess, is just easier to remember what their systems were and, like, how I was supposed to defend them and stuff like that. Nice. And I guess, are you excited for the Ivy League to come back next year? And what, what team are you looking forward to playing next year in the ECAC? Yeah, I'm looking forward to them coming back. Like, they're, they're a big part of our league, so it'll be good. And, well, Princeton's a pretty pretty high team up there, so is Cornell. Like, they're both tough battle teams. And, from just previous like teammates, they said it's always a good battle since like they have such amazing players on both teams. So I'm just looking for a good game against them. And I have a couple of friends, so it would be nice to just battle against them. Nice. Now, I want to start off this podcast by talking about the ECAC playoffs that you were just a part of. You unfortunately lost to St. Lawrence. Uh, what did you take away from that game? And talk about the overtime goal as well, because it was a bit controversial at the time. Yeah, um, well, we came back from... I think it was like a 3-1 lead. So we pushed through that. We knew we could do it. We knew we can come back. We had the players in the room. We were just trying to stay positive, have each other's back during, like, obviously that, because we were hoping it wasn't going to be our last game. But, and we just, like, pushed through it, like, played every single minute, just 
fought our way through it. And yeah, the overtime goal, like I was just coming off the ice, so I didn't really see, but like I, I've seen lots of videos, heard announcers talk about it, my teammates who like saw it and were on the ice and everything. So I guess like it was just a tough one. I can't change the rules. I don't make the rules. So it's obviously not the way you want to see your season end. And with so many other people kind of supporting like what you guys thought the actual decision was, was tough because like it didn't go our way in the end, but at the end, like it is what it is. And we just have to battle through and like next year, we just got to be like, okay, well, we know that feeling. We don't want to feel that again. So just kind of more motivation to be like, okay, we, we know what it's like to be on the other end of it. We just want to, we just got to push through it, regroup, start a fresh season next year with, the, hopefully the whole league back so yeah no even the st lawrence announcers announcers were saying that the puck hit something in the ceiling and you guys were waiting for quite a while for the refs to make the that decision i guess what was it like waiting for the officials to decide that call because as a fan watching that game it felt like it was 20 minutes but i assume for your perspective it felt much longer than that yeah it was a really long time and like the door was right there on our side so every time we just heard like a little noise, like everyone was like just focused on the door. And we're just like, like we all, we're all disguised. Like we're like, did it actually hit? Like mm-hmm. who saw it? Like everyone stopped playing. Like it had to hit. Like what are like, we're like also, oh, maybe it's a good thing they're taking so long to like actually get a good look to like make sure they're making the right call. But then at the same time, like people are like, oh no, like it definitely hit. Like it had to and all this stuff. So it's just like the anticipation was very nerve wracking. and we knew like our season was on the line right there and then. So we're just kind of hoping and praying that it wasn't going to end like that, especially with hearing and everyone saying that it hit the ceiling. So we're just like, that can't be the way our season ends. So we're just, it felt like an hour away then. Yeah, no, and you guys had a great overtime. You're sustaining a lot of pressure in St. Lawrence's defensive zone. I guess what was the message heading into overtime after you guys came back from a three, one deficit in the third period? Well, we felt like we had a lot of momentum on our hands just come back from that and, like, tying it up. And we tied it up with, like, under 30 seconds. We're like, okay, like, we're buzzing. Like, like, let's just keep going. Let's keep having them. Our systems are working. Just stay with them, and hopefully this goes our way. Now, St. Lawrence is one of their top players. Julia Gosling is your cousin. I guess what's it like playing a family member in the ECAC? Yeah, it's definitely a special moment, obviously, playing at this such high-level hockey against your cousin. And she's an amazing player. And I've played, like, I've played, like, watched her my whole life growing up. And we played with each other for, like, five years. So it was, like, playing against her was obviously different. But, like, we knew each other's every move. So it's, like, we knew Mm -hmm. what each other was going to do. So it was just, like, it was just nice to battle against a family member like that. It sure makes it extremely special. And she's only 11 minutes down the road. So it's, it's always a good rivalry. Nice. And how was playoff hockey different from regular season hockey from your experience? Um, just like a lot more intense, like everything and like off ice preparation, like everything was just way more like dialed in. Like we all knew what was on the line. We all knew how important it is. Like everyone just like, knew what was all going on and we were just all ready for it.
Now, your team had a really good freshman class this year. Talk about the impact that your class had on the team and just how important it was because you guys arrived on campus a bit later than most freshmen do. So I guess what was the process for getting ready for this season? And talk about your freshman class's impact overall on the team this year. Yeah, so a couple of us freshmen, we actually lived together. And then the other two, they were um, they were living together, but in a separate building. So we, as a class, we got really close. And we we're kind of big classers, five. And then uh, Kirsten McCoy came in halfway through, and she made it six. So we just became like a really good, tight group. And we knew that this year wasn't a normal year and that we're not getting – our normal freshman experience. So we just had to like kind of stick together and just know that things might not always go as planned, but we just have to have each other's back, bring a lot of energy because we had a lot of also re good returning players. So we just had to keep up our energy, just play our roles in the team. Now, what was it like playing without any fans in the crowd? And was that an adjustment for yourself? Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was a big adjustment. Like, I know, like, with just, like, having parents, like, my parents would have been, like, at every away home game. So, like, just, like, not playing in front of them is obviously different. But, like, I guess they were trying to have, like, the cut, cut like, the cardboard cutouts, mm -hmm. like, kind of resemble it. But it's just not the same feeling. And, like, just, like, the atmosphere, you can tell, like, it's a lot more harder to, like, bring up the energy from just your bench alone instead of, like, having fans to help you out. But... So it was a big change, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. And what did you guys do during the bench, I guess, to bring that energy out? Because watching your team play this year, whenever there was a block shot or a nice play, you guys went insane on the bench. It was fun to watch as a fan. Is that something you guys try to work on during games? Yeah, we knew that we had to build our own energy, and that's the way that we were going to have to bring it out on the ice too. So we just needed to have everyone on board and like just like we just had to, like, a couple of reminders every here and there, just like like let's go like and everyone would just like get hype and like we knew that the little things like would like create big things so we just had to like celebrate every moment. Now are you excited for fans to hopefully come back next year at Clarkson and what are your expectations for that I guess? Yeah like the Clarkson community they have they're such like rowdy fans I've heard so like I'm excited to play against them and I know the community really supports our hockey and I'm just excited to like meet some of like the fans with like our little night program so it was just like nice to see that and at Christmas we got like a couple of little cards that a couple of fans have like drawn and everything so like it's nice that the community like supports us so I just want to be able to like play in front of them and just show like give our support back and like try and do what we have to do to make them happy I guess. Yeah, and in the beginning of this podcast, you were telling me how you had to deal with a lot of schedule changes throughout the season. I guess, how did you deal with all those schedule changes, and what was the key for maintaining flexibility for this season? Yeah, so, like, I was just, me personally, I was just trying to keep an open mind. Like, I had to, like, keep telling myself, like, okay, it's not going to go all planned. Like, nothing's going to be set in stone. So, with a person like me who likes to, like, have her schedule down pat, like, needs to do this throughout the day, it's definitely a challenge. And something you have to overcome but then I was like okay this like nothing about this year is normal so I just have to be open-minded just keep all my options open and just go with the flow. Now something else that was introduced to college hockey this year is three and three overtime. Uh, my question is as an offensive defenseman what was that like for yourself having more space on the ice and having more chances for offensive opportunities in those three and three overtime situations? 
Yeah, I love three-on-three hockey. Like, there's so much space out there to, like, take your time, like, find the right play to make. And it was just lots of fun. And I would normally play with, like, Elizabeth Jaguar and Brooke McQuig, who are two phenomenal players. So, like, having them on the ice, like, I knew, like, they would have my back if I went up to go for a little rush or something. And, like, just having that much space and time is really nice to have. And um, defensively, like, it's, like, man on man so or like zones or something so it's like you can easily like find your man not so chaotic I guess yeah I know I want to get your opinion on this because talking to other players throughout the country they say you have to be very defensively minded in those three and three overtime situations because if you make one little defensive mistake it can cause an odd man rush is that something you noticed during those three and three overtime situations and is that something you work on when you're practicing them yeah like I just it's just like three-on-three hockey, like, in the split of a second, anything could happen, and you just don't want to get in that situation. So, like, when I am in the situation like that or, like, I'm in practice, I'm, like, I have to, like, try and, like, be offensive but then, like, know the limit of when to be more defensive just to be on the safer side because you don't want to try risking something that could end up poorly and not in your favor, so... Now, I'm curious to get your opinion on this because as I'm a huge fan of three and three overtime because it eliminates ties. I'm not a big tie guy. I'm assuming you feel the same way. Is that something, uh, is that another reason why you like three and three? Yeah. I like more hockey to play, so mm-hmm. can't always go wrong with that. Definitely. And ties, like, you, sometimes you just need a winner. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, what did you do during the offseason to prepare for this unusual season, especially since gyms were closed for the most part and ice time was very limited as well? Yeah, this summer for me personally was focused a lot on my cardio and like getting a lot of like runs and like sprint training in. And Tad, our uh, strength and conditioning coach, provided us with like great information and great like exercises to do. So that was just my main focus, like just finding a field or a track and really got my cardio up as that was something that I thought I needed to improve in coming into college hockey. Yeah, and what was the biggest improvement you made to your game this year compared to last year in the PWHL? Um, I thought I was more like more of a shot blocker this year. I felt like I was less scared to and like just really like accepting my role of what I had to do. And just the whole speed of the game was just an eye-opener when I first came in. So I knew, like, it was going to take me a while to adjust and everything. But I felt like it was it was all, like, what I imagined and just was going to hope that it was going to everything end up in my favor. Yeah, and how did you – what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Because obviously you alluded to the speed of the game, but was it also the mental side of the game because you have to make quicker decisions with the puck? Or was it also just the physicality since you're going against players that are four and five years older than you are? Yeah, I think it's more of the speed and, like, just, like, making sure I'm doing, like, my quick decision, like, just get in, like, make the right play, like, the simple play, just keeping it simple and um, just having, like, these girls are going to be on you, like, ten times faster than they would, like, in the PWHL. And so I just had to make sure that my speed was up to the game and I was just staying focused when I was on the ice. Yeah, and you also get to play under Coach Matt DeRocher. Uh, what's it like to play under him, and what have you learned under him so far in your first year in college hockey? Um, it's been great for me personally. Um, we've like he's a really 
passionate guy, which is really good when you have a coach really passionate about a sport. And I think it's like, it's been helpful to like see, okay, we need to like, he's like serious when he needs to be and everything. So it's like, it's a good backbone, I guess, for us. And it's just been a good experience so far. Now I want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career before you went to Clarkson. Uh, you're from London, Ontario. How did you start playing hockey and what's it like growing up in Canada? Um, well, my dad's side of the family is a big hockey family as like with Julia, like we're just all, they've all grown up playing hockey and my older brother played. So I wanted to follow and just kind of being that and like every Christmas Eve we used to, like have a big hockey party, like just like go to the rink and play on the ice. And it just being a part of like that background of a family just brings your passion for that sport, like just 10 times more because you knew, you know, like they're all going to be supporting you. They're all going to be behind your back. So. And who was your favorite player growing up? Ooh, I think growing up, mine was Bo Horvat. Nice. What, why did you admire his game? Well, he played in London, and his aunt was my grade seven teacher, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, before Clarkson, you played for the London Junior Devilites in the PWHL. Uh, how did you get the opportunity to play with that organization? Yeah, so I played uh, boys for a couple of years, six years, and um, I decided to transition, and my Julia just made the switch from boys to um, girls hockey as well, and she went to the Devilettes, so that was just the hometown girls hockey association. So I went there, played my second year of PUE there, and then got the opportunity my second year of Bantam to go up a year early under Ted Brown, and he took me into the PWHL as a grade nine. So I was fortunate to have that experience. Now, how was the transition going from boys hockey to girls hockey? Was it a transition at all for yourself or not really? Um, the hockey was a little bit different. I did notice that, but off ice, like I didn't have any issues. Girls were all welcoming and just felt the same as if it was with the boys team. Nice. Now talk about your experience in the PWHL and what was your favorite memory there overall? Um, definitely winning the our final four and provincials my third year in 2019 that was definitely a year to remember um just like everything leading up to it though like my first year we had big ups and downs second year same but then third year we just came out strong we knew we had the group to do it and that was just everything and then last year obviously well yeah last year with it everything getting shut down because of covid sadly we didn't have provincials but now, how did your experience with London help prepare you for college hockey with Clarkson? Um, I think with me being able to get the opportunity to go up a year early into the PWHL and get that experience of playing with girls that, like as a grade nine playing girls who were in grade 12 getting ready to play in college, I think just having that experience of having to play against older, stronger girls has helped me. And like, um, just like I've had people along the way teach me like how to like simplify things like don't overcomplicate and like just put I've played with phenomenal players who just have helped me along the way yeah now you also played for team Canada in last year's world championships uh what was it like to get the opportunity to represent your country on the national stage 
Yeah, it's always an honor and just meeting lots of new people from all over the country is just nothing like you can ever get. Like, it just, it's always an honor just to wear that maple leaf. And like, it's unreal to explain. It's just, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, what's the process for making Team Canada? For like the U18? Yeah. Yeah, so we have like a, a selection camp like that happens in August in Calgary. And so like it's two teams and you have a week just like battling out against each other, uh, fitness testing. And then um, the second week they will like have a series team against the U.S. as there's a three-game series the second week. So they'll pick a just one team out of those two teams. And if you just get stayed, then you stay another week. But if you don't make it, then you get sent home. But then after that, you just have a three-game series with the U.S. If it's either in Lake Placid or in Calgary, each year it switches. But yeah, And then know. from there throughout the year, they just, like, watch you play with your team. And then around Worlds, which normally happens in December, normally around February, I mean, normally around November, they – um, just like call you up and let you know if you made it or not. Yeah, what was your reaction when you made the team and where were you when you found out? Um, my first year I was home. I was actually alone home by myself, but I was screaming, jumping up for joy in my bedroom, just waiting for that call. And I was so excited. And then my second year I was in, I was just finishing up practice and I got a phone call and I was just as excited. Nice. Now, what was it like to play in wonderful places like Japan and Slovakia? And talk about like, what did you get to do anything fun when you were down there besides hockey? Yeah, we got to go and see a couple of places, just walk around, just get a sense of the environment. And like, I've never been to any of those places. So it was like cool to get that sense of like culture. And, and it's always nice to travel when you're doing also doing something you love. So nice. Now, you won a silver medal in that tournament. Uh, what does that medal mean to you? And talk about what you learned in that tournament overall. Yeah, um, definitely you had to go through some adversity with coming out with a silver as the year before in Japan. We got gold. So I guess just kind of coming out with that, it's just like not everything's always going to go your way. And we lost an OT, which is kind of heartbreaking. And just the way it went. Um, but at the end, like you get, you get like a, an experience of a lifetime. Not everyone gets to experience something like that. So even just getting the opportunity to have a gold and a silver, let alone is still something that I will like possess every day. Yeah. And talk about what it was like to win the gold medal in the world championships the year prior. Yeah. That was like an unbelievable experience. Like both years, such a good group of girls, like just you like no one could ever take that away from you and it's just it was just an unbelievable moment just you're like it felt like all your hard work was just like coming to like real yeah what emotions are going through your head especially when you're singing your national anthem on the blue line after just winning that big game yeah just a bunch of emotions like so much happiness like just screaming singing that national anthem with your friends like like nothing in the world can beat that now, talk about your recruitment process and what made you want to go to Clarkson? Um, just the nice, like, tight-knit community. The coaches were very welcoming when I stepped on campus. Um, 
just really got that sense of like I think I'll, I'll belong here like I think like this is a spot for me like it felt like home right away I felt like I knew where I was going before I even was there like it just everything felt right. Now Clarkson obviously has had a lot of success in the years prior with many great players coming through that program like Renata Fast and Lauren Gable how do you try to I guess uh, keep that legacy going? Yeah um, just I would just like look up to them and just be like okay well this is what they can do like they if they can do it I'm going to try my best to like keep all the alumni proud like show them that Clarkson hockey like they built our program so just got to keep doing my part and keeping it alive and like keeping it there for future generations too. Now talk about what it's like to play in the ECAC and just the competition you face every night because I know you only played three teams but those are three really good teams. Quinnipiac had a great freshman class this year. Colgate is obviously a ranked team and made the tournament this year and St. Lawrence was really good this year as well I guess like what's it like to play in that conference especially since it's one of the best conferences in college hockey. Yeah it's definitely um, an experience of a lifetime like all those girls that are playing against like they're such high level athletes like they all are there for a reason and playing in the ECAC like only playing those like three teams like even that was just like wow like this is good hockey like this is fun to play and like I just like when the rest of the leagues there like I just can't wait to see how like it truly feels because even three teams like playing against like I even get a sense of how good this hockey can be. Now what's been your favorite road arena you've played in so far? Mm. Well hmm. I would have to probably slew because it's only 10 minutes and it's not that long. Yeah. But that's probably it but Quinnipiac it's just it's a long one. Yeah. And then Colgate's like three hours so it's not like too bad it's kind of in the middle so how do you deal with all those long road trips like what keeps your mind occupied do you just work on school work for the most part yeah or I'll just like listen to music try not to get car sick Mm -hmm. but now being far away from home in college I guess how'd you deal with that because that's kind of a process as well especially during a pandemic where you really can't go back home yeah it was definitely a challenge this year like my first year being away from home but like I feel like it's like in a perfect spot where it's not too, too far where I can't just go home or like my parents can't come down, but it's also a good distance for me to like get out, like kind of like get that sense of, okay, like I'm on my own. I need to like start living like I'm on my own, you know? Nice. Yeah. No. Now you get to play with many wonderful teammates in Clarkson. One of those teammates is Elizabeth Shagir. She was nominated for the Patty Kazmai Award this year and won it last year. What's she like as a teammate? And talk about the leadership she has brought to your team this year, especially especially as a freshman. Yeah, um, she's a super amazing player. Like she's incredible. Um, a very humble leader is like so. Like, she'll always put her team before herself. Like, she knows the right time to talk and when to, like, get us hyped up and to tell us, like, okay, like, this is what we need to do. So, which is, like, it was a good leadership and, like, her abilities. And when she's practicing and in games, it's just, like, whoa. Like, she'll just dance around me. I'm, like, how do you still have the puck? Like, it's it's crazy. Like, I swear she has, like, a magnet to her stick or something because it's what move she pulls off is insane. 
Yeah, no, it's crazy. And you also get to play with Caitlin Longerin. Uh, what's it like to be her teammate as well, especially since uh, she was a Patty Kazmaier Award finalist as well, and she was a first-year player with Clarkson, even though she played with Boston College for the prior years? Yeah, um, she's a super fast, like super smart player. Like she knows when the right time to get the puck in. She's like always, she's a supportive teammate. So, like she'll always be like, okay, like, you know what you got to do. Like just do it. Like just believe in yourself. So she's also a phenomenal player and her speed is just killer out there. Now, how have you balanced both academics and hockey at such an elite level? Um, It's been challenging every once in a while, just, when you have games, like, and you have to miss a few classes, but I think it's also good to, like, I know when I need, okay, I, like, plan out my my schedule, okay, like, I need to get this done, I'm missing this class, so I'm, like, okay, I need to make time for, to, like, understand that material and stuff, and it's definitely a challenge with, like, having such busy schedules and, like, always being at the rink and stuff, but I feel like, like, growing up our whole lives, we kind of, learn that balance so it's just like another day in the life I guess yeah how's school been for you especially since it's online through zoom like has that been an adjustment because I'm dealing with it myself and it is kind of an adjustment yeah it's a big adjustment I'm definitely more of a hands-on type learner so trying to learn it through a computer screen is very difficult for me especially but I mean it's kind of what our world has turned into so I mean I have to make the adjustment and with all technology coming up throughout the years I think it's kind of good but sometimes it can be a lot more challenging to fully get the material but it's I teachers have been very thoughtful and very helping with the learning part yeah no I definitely agree with you on that the only thing I'm not a big fan of from zoom is the breakout rooms they occasionally put you in for classes because it can get super awkward because no one turns on their microphones so like it's hard to get work done have you had that experience before Oh, yes. Multiple times. I feel like I'm just sitting there like, I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm going in a breakout room, which causes anxiety because I have to talk to people. But then I'm like, oh, okay, actually, no one talks. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I know, especially when you need to get stuff done. So it's like you finally break the ice after like five minutes and like no one responds. It's like, okay, well, I guess I have to do it on my own. But I, I, I feel like I've learned how to deal with it for the most part. Yeah, I feel like I've learned how to deal with it too. And just just like I guess like that's what we've come to so and it's not just me so it's everyone yeah yeah now we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions my first question to you is what music do you like to listen to before a game or just on the bus um I like the more of like the calm music I think it helps with like my nerves I guess like I just like those sing-alongs, like there's the ones that you can belt to just to get the full emotion, just all your energy out with it that you're feeling before the game. Nice. Like what's your go-to artist for that, I guess? Mm, Louis Capaldi. Oh, nice. The Someone yeah. You Love song, is that a good one? Is that the one yeah. you love? Nice, nice. That's a good song. Yeah. Now, now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. Probably slow walkers or loud chewers. Nice. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Mine is bad drivers, especially where I'm from, because it can get pretty annoying, especially if you need to go to a certain place and someone does not know how to drive, it can get pretty frustrating. I bet, yeah. Now, what is your favorite outdoor activity? Mm. I like to swim and like just like golf sometimes too. That's also fun. Just like 
being outside, just like having fires or like something outside with my family is always nice. Yeah, what's your handicap for going for it? You just don't know, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we should. No, no, no. I'm, my handicap isn't the best. I, the only thing I would say about my golfing game is my putting game is terrible. So that like kills me a lot. So because I can do pretty well in the driver and chipper. But then like once I get to the putting, it's just brutal. Yeah, I'm pretty good with the chipper. Driving, it tends to go to the left a lot. Putting, yeah. you know, that's a guessing game for me. But chipping, I feel like, is pretty consistent in my area. Yeah, same, because I usually practice in my backyard because I have the fake golf balls that you can just yeah. hit around. So I'm usually, I feel like my chipping game is, for the most part, pretty decent. Yeah, me too. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Hmm. Does it have to be an athlete or like just anyone? Just anyone. I think Kevin Hart. He's nice. super funny and he can always make me laugh. And I think it would just be a, like just like a fun time, just hear his jokes and everything. He's also super motivational too. I've seen some of his stuff he's done. So I guess that'll be a kind of a good balance, I guess, when you have a conversation with him. Yeah, I thought so. Now, who is the funniest teammate at Clarkson? Oh. There's definitely a lot of them. I think Stephanie Markowski is a pretty funny one. She can crack you up at any point. Uh, Kirsten McQuig, she's she, she's funny too. I don't know. We got a we got a bunch of them. We're just like a good group that just like will bounce off each other and can always lighten up the mood. Now, who has the best style on the team besides yourself? Obviously. <laughs> um. I think we all pretty have good style. I think Brooke McQuig has good style. I think uh, there's a, I, I wouldn't really say any of us don't have a good style. Megan Hector said it was Morgan Hellickson. Do you agree with her on that? Oh, yeah. For <laughs> off-ice, yes. All right. That girl has nice style. <laughs> now, last non-hockey question is, what is your favorite app? Ooh. TikTok probably right now. I'm addicted. <laughs> nice. Do you make any videos or no? No, I just watch. For the nice. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah, I can't make videos. I'm too. Yeah. I'll be. I'm too embarrassed of myself to do that. Same. I'm too antisocial that way. <laughs> now back to some hockey questions. My first question to you is: What should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion, especially since you've been involved with it for most of your life? Yeah, I think just trying to get more coverage out there for women's hockey, and like just trying to. Um, get the game seen for younger females just growing up like seeing that it is possible to do stuff like there's a lot more opportunities I think out there than a lot of people realize and I feel like the hard work that female players put in towards their sport just is going unnoticed and I feel like if we get more coverage out there like people will start to see that there's a lot more work put in behind the scenes than what people really think. Yeah. Was it nice to see the women's championship be broadcasted on ESPN? I don't know if it was broadcasted in Canada. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see that. It was obviously um, something that is good for the hockey community for women and like getting more exposure is just always, is always just going to help our game, I guess. grow. Now, what advice would you give a younger player trying to pursue a Division One college hockey scholarship? Um, like, just go have fun with it. Chase it. 
Mm-hmm. Like believe in yourself. Like if you can do it, go do it. No one's gonna tell you no. So just put the work in and see where it takes you and just have fun along the ride. That's all that matters, I guess. Now, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give to any of your teammates, family members, or friends? There's a lot of them. <laughs> I guess just go follow our Clarkson Women's Hockey page to see what we do, keep up to date with our progress and stuff, and just, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on the podcast and taking time out of your busy schedule. I really appreciate it. Take care, stay safe. And I also want to let you know that you're one of my new favorite players in college hockey. So I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it. And it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care everyone and have a great day. Bye. One step forward and another back. I will never try to fool ya. I'm one heartbeat away from going mad. Girl, when you're looking like that. Closer, closer, I'ma get closer to you. Yeah, got me, baby, got me hooked on you once again.